Hey guys, welcome back to 30 Something. This is the uh, podcast where we talk all about motherhood, self-care, and second chapters. Big changes people have made in their lives. Um, I love today's episode. We are talking with somebody who I I guess speaks to all of those uh, themes in one way or another. Kate Krocko is a business coach and the host of her own podcast, Thinking Like a Boss. And essentially what she does like on a professional level is to help you get your mind right, sister. Um, Kate is so positive and she has worked with so many business leaders everywhere to help them elevate their mindset and as a result, get their business or their project where it needs to be. I think so many women can relate to the idea of imposter syndrome or feeling like we are not yet where we need to be before we launch our next project or um, try to tackle our next challenge. Um, Her whole mission is dedicated to helping to work with you, with women, to develop that sort of positive mindset, that can-do attitude. I have had so much need for someone like Kate in my life lately. Um, We have all had some shifts, I feel like, in our careers at a point or another. And when you go down a new path, it can be difficult to figure out where to start, what to tell yourself to get yourself motivated, and really how to get there. So Kate helps people to hone in on their vision, keep the faith, and then as a result, get rewarded from all of the hard work that you are putting into your next project. So I know that I took away so much from our conversation in terms of just personal inspiration, and I think you will too. By the way, you'll hear her mention this during the course of the podcast as well. Her book, Thinking Like a Boss, is going to come out in just a few months at the start of next year. So be sure you check out, um, Amazon or wherever books are sold for that because she's going to be breaking down a lot of practical tips that you can take away to, like I said, um, get your vision off the ground. So anyhow, I hope you guys enjoy. Again, this is Kate Krocko and I will see you on the flip side with more info. Hey guys, welcome back to 30 something with Sunny. I am a true professional recording in my car, in my car today <laughs> with the amazing Kate Krocko. Kate, we were just laughing about this because you have a podcast as well, Thinking Like a Boss yeah. and it's difficult to record remotely, but I think, I think this is going to work. I think we found a little spot here. I'm literally parked in the driveway. So super classy over here. Where are you? Are you at home? I love that. So I'm actually in the baby's room right now in her nursing (laughs) chair because the dog is home today. And sometimes he goes crazy and this is like the quietest spot I can find. So I usually record podcasts in the baby's room in the basement bathroom on the floor, or <laughs> like you said, in your car. Like, I, it's amazing. I think that... <laughs> well, I mean, it really is testament to like how passionate you yeah. are. I feel like, you know, when you really want to talk to somebody, you'll find a spot to do it. in. so I feel like that's testament to your work ethic and the stuff that you're putting out there, right? You too. Yeah. I just told myself that if I, like with my podcast and even like with being on others, like if it has to be like a big to do, it's going to give me anxiety and I'm probably not going to go do it. So I just want to make it as easy as possible. And I've literally like recorded with the baby on the boob in the car with her falling asleep. Like it has to be easy or else it won't happen. And I'm sure you you got that. I agree. I think that mindset is the perfect thing. It sort of dovetails um, perfectly into all the things that we're going to discuss today, which is um, what I like to call second chapters or reinventions of people's career and lives. And um, Mm. it really speaks to sort of the philosophy behind what you're doing. I want to ask you this. I know you're an author and your book is coming out in February of next year, Thinking Like a Boss, but I want you to describe yourself and tell everybody what you offer in addition to that. Because I was kind of having trouble tacking you down in just yeah. one category, which is wonderful. So, so who is Kate Krocko? Let's start there. <laughs> so these days it's, 
I guess I can call myself a serial entrepreneur because I'm no longer doing just like the one thing. There's a bunch of different things that I'm doing and also I'm doing with my husband. Um, so my main business is my psychotherapy practice. Um, I have an office in Manhattan. I go there just once a week and see clients. Um, and then I also do mindset and confidence coaching for female entrepreneurs. So I help them pretty much with, um, anything that's getting in the way of them getting it to that next level of success in their life and their business. Um, but in addition to that, I'm writing a book. Um, my husband and I have, um, income properties together. So we manage a whole bunch of buildings we have renters. Um, and then back in May, we actually opened a breakfast and lunch eatery in a town about 20 minutes South of us, um, called beacon, New York. So we're sort of doing a little bit of everything. We actually are part owners in, um, a fitness studio that recently opened in town as well. So we're just trying, we, yeah, we like to keep, my husband also has a full-time job, um, that he does, but we just, we like to try out new things and not have our eggs all in one basket. I love that. I think that that is what more and more people are going toward, even within one company of theirs. You see sort of diversified income streams. I know in the digital world, people rely on income streams from affiliate links or publishing their own, you know, eBooks. And I mean, there's just sort of all kinds of ways to bring in money. And, um, you, I guess like you're dealing with these sort of real life scenarios every day with your clients. So when you bring on mm. someone say who is ready to leave the job they're currently at, maybe it's a corporate job. Maybe it's something that's just not feeling like it's working with their life for any given reason. And you're coaching them into how to move into the next chapter. Um, do you feel like this uh, sort of multi hyphenate way is the direction that many women are going these days? Yeah. Yeah. I think that many women just want more freedom. And the beautiful thing about social media is they're exposed to this. And I mean, even I started my first business, my therapy practice five years ago. And, you know, I, I knew the whole local brick and mortar business thing, but it wasn't until I actually was like on Facebook and I saw an ad for something called B school. And it's an online marketing program. Um, with a woman named Marie Forleo. Oh, yes. And yeah, I'm sure you know Marie. And, you know, it was an ad that somehow, I guess, found me and targeted me. Um, and that's what opened my eyes to, inst like, I was never on, like, Instagram or any social media platforms. Like, it was all just new to me. And I feel like so many women who are in corporate these days or stay-at-home moms, like, it's so easy to to be exposed to all of these different opportunities for a business. Um, and I think it just like spreads like wildfire. Like when you see someone else doing it, you start to believe, wow, like maybe I can do that too. Like maybe I can make that work for um, myself and my family. And I mean, there are, so, I feel like there's so many women these days who are quitting their jobs because the typical nine to five is not cut out, especially for a mom. Um, mm -hmm. my sister-in-law actually just quit her nine to five. She had a baby back in July and you know, they're needing her to work on the weekends. They're needing her to work evenings and it just doesn't work. And I, I also feel like daycare is so expensive these days and, um, it just doesn't really make sense. Like if I was still working, the nine to five that I had before my therapy practice, I would 
by the time I paid the daycare provider, I'd almost be breaking even. And it just, again, like just would not make sense to work. Yeah. It really says something about, I mean, I think there are, there are many things that this says, you know, it reveals things about in our modern world, but it really says something about where we are as women too, that we're finally um, owning the sort of the complications of working mom life and either finding ways to work with those challenges with our employer or just saying, you know, forget it. I, I know I have a lot of listeners who are in a similar spot. That was my story too, where I stepped away from a career in order to mm. balance the family work thing um, as much as I could. I always ask my female entrepreneur or female working guests this question, and there's no right answer, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Is there such a thing, given all of your experience as work-life balance? I think so, but I think it looks different than what we expect it to be and what the world sort of preaches as balance, right? Because balance, we think it's like 50-50, even on both ends. And for me, I see my life as pretty balanced, even though it's chaotic and it's a little bit all over the place. But I, I look at it as like this season right now, my balance is about 70% motherhood and 30% business. And you know, when my book comes out in the winter, it may be flip-flopped a little bit. And I think that all of those numbers like add up collectively, like as a year, um, or as a lifetime. And I think that again, it's, it's just going to look different. There's days that I'm all mama. So Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, um, it's just me and the babies. Like my husband is working at the eatery on Saturdays and we don't have childcare on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, so there's no work and it's 100% mamahood. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, it's a little bit of both. And then Sundays are family day. So I, I think that there is such thing as balance, but I think we just have to look at it differently. It's not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. I found too, that a lot of the women who come from a, a business background or are, you know, career women, and then wait until a little later in life to go into the motherhood territory. And I, by a little later, I mean, later than previous generations. So maybe in their early to mid thirties have the most difficulty in, um, and I'm speaking from personal experience and the experience of those close to me. So I guess not everyone, but, um, we being very task oriented, being very goal oriented, being used to being in an environment where you can check things off of the list and be done with them tend to have the most mm. difficulty, I feel like, with the unpredictability of motherhood. I think that that was one of my biggest early challenges, and I'm curious to know if this is the same for you, was, you know, coming from a world where you could check something off of a list, if you did A, B, and C, then D, then great, we move on. And then when you get into motherhood, and you're especially trying to do both at the same time, hold down a job and raise a kid, they're totally yeah. different jobs. Like, <laughs> you could try a thousand things to solve one problem in motherhood, and it still might not work. It's just... I just, I find that to be the most entertaining and frustrating part of early motherhood, especially coming from a professional background. Did you f find a sort of like a similar feeling when you first became a mom? Oh yeah. I wanted to give up on everything because I was used to working 60 to 80 hour weeks in my business when I first started. And I like working gives me energy. It brings me life and I could work all the time like that. And it doesn't drain me, doesn't stress me out. Like, I just really enjoy it. And being a mom, actually, it first hit me when I got pregnant with our first. I had awful morning sickness and 
I literally couldn't do anything the first four months of my pregnancy. And at least that sort of prepared me a little bit to get systems in order in my business, to get enough support in my business so that I could figure it out when the baby got here. But I remember people saying to me, like, you're not going to be able to work like you are working today once you have kids. And I used to get so angry, like <laughs> really mad. <laughs> like, oh, no. you they mean well, it. and it's true, but you can't, yes. even, you can't get there until you get there. Right. Yes. And I remember like thinking like, but I'm different. <laughs> now we just laugh about it. I'm different. Oh I can do it. Like I can work just as much. Like a baby's going to sleep. A baby's going to take a nap. And I was completely knocked off my feet. And I was really depressed um, because I realized my life is going to look different. And it's not a bad thing, but I think it's just that transition of um, it's almost like mourning, like what you used to have and what you have now and learning to get back up and start these new normals and realize that there's no predictability. Every single day is going to be different and finding ways to just make it easier for yourself and to stop living your life in the way that you used to run your life, but learning to run it in a different way that's going to work for you. And does that way look the same? I know, and you just said it as it works for you, but as, as it relates to how you deal with your clients, as you're helping to, um, assist them in sort of discovering the next chapter or finding that confidence, are there some tried and true or like practical tips you can give people in order to discover that new self? Because you're right. It does look different for everyone else. That second chapter after motherhood really does take so many different forms. So mm. how do you encourage a woman to make that transition and find what she's good at next? Yeah. So I think number one, it's like surrendering your past self and the way that you used to run your business or even, you know, manage your life in the past. And I think often what happens is once the babies are here and, you know, you're a new mom, you start to compare not yourself to like all the other moms, but your current self to your past self. Mm -hmm. And, um, to really stop doing that and, also, I, I guess my other tip would be to really learn to set more boundaries in your life, in your business, with your friends, with your relatives. Um, I think that moms are really good at, moms are very, very efficient and we're good at getting things done fast. Um, and also at times we have a hard time saying no. Because we know, oh, yeah, you know, it only takes five minutes or it only takes an hour to do that. So we say yes often. And I think, you know, if you truly want to feel fulfilled in your life, in your business, in motherhood, you have to really stay hyper-focused on your goals and on what it is you really want and not give in to all of the other stuff around us. Like, my, I, I really struggle when there's a lot of really fun and exciting and good opportunities. I want to say yes to them all. And I have to remind myself that I have to say no a heck of a lot more than I say yes. Um, so yeah, I would say that's my other tip. And then let me just see if I have one more for you guys. Um, I guess the I other know thing you're, is you're, like, you're covering a lot of this in your book too, right? So you, you actually mm -hmm. have like a sort of process you go through with all your clients. And I want to 
kind of put that back out there when this comes out in February, this is like going to be something people can sort of go back and reference and have it all sort of step by step. Yeah. So I have, um, an entire chapter that's just devoted to motherhood and business. That's chapter seven. Okay. And I share, I share my story, all the nitty gritty details of it. Awesome. Awesome. So I interrupted you. Go ahead, go with the final tip and then we'll move on. Final tip would be to, I, I think as women, it's really hard for us to ask for help. And I know like mm-hmm. we talk about this all the time, like just accept help, accept help, but like really learn to accept help without the guilt. I like, this is a big struggle for me and it's not easy, but I have to remind myself of it all the time. Like, yes, I can do it myself, but why not just let someone else do it? Who's offering to help and who really wants to help. And if people are offering to help, they really want to, because I know I'm not going to volunteer for something I really don't want to do. So just know that if someone's offering to help you, they really want to do it to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And if you are ever able at a point in your life, when you gain a little more like rest as a mom or organization, then like to pay that forward. I think I'm kind of getting to the stage as my kids get yeah. older, where I'm able to pick up other kids and I'm able to have the kids at my house. And I, it feels good to do that for other moms because I know that there's going to be a day or two in the near future where I'm going to need that back. So I love hearing that. You're right. And I offer that support fully. Like I tell my girlfriends, mm. you know, I'm saying, let, let me pick the kids up from school today or have them come over. And they're like, no, I feel bad. I'm like, no, seriously, I want to yeah. do this. You know, let yeah. me, because I know, you know what it's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard keeping little people alive. I should ask this too. I feel like <laughs> I missed, missed uh, an early opportunity to do so, but tell everybody how old your, your kids are now. Yeah. So my little one, Charlie, she just turned one yesterday. We had our little first birthday party. Um, and then Annabelle is two and a half. So we're in the potty training phase right now. She oh gosh, wore any tips there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she wore big girl underpants to school for the first time today. What I would say is like, I just think kids are ready when they're ready and to not yes, force girl. it. Yes, that is so and, my theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know people who like will do the whole weekend thing and they stay in the house and they pretty much yeah. lock themselves in and that works for them. That's great. But for me, I'm yeah. like, listen, just, I don't care if you're five, just start telling me when you want to use the potty yeah. that you can use it. Exactly. And because I mean, there's going to be accidents, but I do feel like that's, um, that's a great tip. And it really applies to so much of motherhood. Like they, they come out who they are. I genuinely believe exactly. that there's so much of kids personalities that are formed early. So you can when you ride the tide with them, they like, they'll tell you when they're ready for things. So I love that. I oh, love yeah. that advice. So let's talk about your therapy practice. Um, I'm a huge um, and and loud and proud supporter of, I guess, a participant in therapy. I have a therapist I've seen for years um, Mm -hmm. on and off. And I always tell people I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. I really think that it's a useful tool for everyone in the population at one point in their lives or another. So let's put on your therapist hat for a minute and um, talk through some of like the biggest things that you hear women come in and have and struggle with these days. I think a a big piece of it is overwhelm, um, overwhelm and boundaries. And I think they both go hand in hand. And I talk about boundaries all the time. Um, I think as women, we just have a really hard time saying no. And also like asking for what it is that we want, speaking up, having our voices heard. And that's probably the biggest thing that women come in for. And what I always say is that most people who are in therapy, are really the people who don't need it most. Like the people who are going to therapy 
are going to therapy <laughs> because of the other people in their life who are taking advantage of <laughs> overstepping boundaries. That's so, so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times my therapist has been like, oh yeah, yeah, it's true. And she's like, Sunny, you can't yeah. do anything about that. And I'm like, but if I worry enough, maybe I can change. <laughs> like, no. But that's so true. I mean, and is there anything you want to tell to somebody to, to sort of destigmatize the whole thing? Um, there's, so only so much sort of talking we can do about it without, you know, trying to seem like we're forcing people in this direction. But I am such an advocate of it. So from the professional standpoint, what do you say to like destigmatize the whole thing? I mean, I just think it's so helpful to be able to go in to be able to tell a stranger everything that's happening in your life who doesn't know all of the backstory because, you know, even myself, like at times if I want to go and talk to a girlfriend about something, I, I feel like, oh, her, her life is so busy. She's got so much going on. You know, I don't want to overwhelm her. I don't want to overload her. And it's just such a beautiful, sacred thing that you can walk into a room, sit on someone's couch and just start to spill everything and mm -hmm. to not have to feel anything attached to it. So Am I stressing this person out? Am I overwhelming them with all of this information? Um, are they going to think differently about my husband now or my kids? And mm -hmm. I think just having that unbiased opinion also just helps you make even better decisions um, because your therapist is going to give you much different advice or direction than your best friend's going to give you or that your husband's going to give you. And I think that it really, um, just enriches your relationships. Um, because, you know, I think I, I even like think to myself, there are times when like my husband comes in the door at 9 15 PM and I'm like sitting there at the table, like ready to spill everything. And I'm like, he's exhausted. He's had such a long day. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to tell him everything that's wrong with my day right now. Like it's, it's really good to have a sounding board and someone to just go to. And then, you know, you can process that and then tell your family, your friends, whoever you want, what that, whatever it is that you're struggling with, but in a processed sort of viewpoint. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I can be like a verbal sort of dumper. I just like verbally mm -hmm. diarrhea over people like, Oh my God, let me tell. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> me too. It's yeah. I'm like, okay. Like I, I really have like a self check process now that I have to go through because, um, yeah, I feel like I can just share any feeling at any point. I'm probably an overshare in that regard, but I like that sort of tactic of trying to process it first and then come out with the most relevant bits to the people around you because we all have so much going on that I could be on the phone with someone 24 hours a day and have something to talk about. I'm laughing because mm -hmm. my husband is always like, I just, I'll, we'll sit down and I'll say, let's just talk. He's like, okay, about what? <laughs> and I can like <laughs> launch into it, like, and, like 10 topics at once. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah. But do you find that like, especially the difference between, I'm not sure how many men you work with, um, you yeah. know, professionally and helping launch their own businesses. It seems like a women focused company, but have you noticed any differences in the way that, um, your clients communicate or the things they tell you about the men in their lives when it comes to communicating in relationships? Um, so the women that I work with in my coaching practice are all female. And then my therapy practice, I actually do have some men as well. Um, but I think with the women in my coaching practice, it's, really hard for 
a lot of them to be able to speak up and say to their partner, like what it is they really want. So maybe it's like, they have this really huge, great idea and they want to start something, but they always feel like they have to ask, ask permission. Hmm. And I remember feeling this way in the beginning of my business too. Like, Ooh, I'm going to be spending this money. I wonder if I should like ask my husband's husband's permission first. And Mm -hmm. what I tell women is that when you ask for permission, most likely the other person is not going to agree because you're not confident. If you are feeling really confident about what it is that you want to do for your next step or whatever it is, maybe you want to invest in, in your business, whether it's personal development or like a business coach or a new system or team member in your business, you have to be really confident in it and believe in it. And once you have that confidence and believe that it's going to work, then go to your partner and you tell them, Hey, I'm really excited about X, Y, and Z. I think that this is going to enrich my business. It's going to um, help me take my business to the next level. I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And when you can have a conversation like that, rather than asking permission, 99% of the time, your partner will be on board. When you go to them, yeah, asking for permission, they if you're not confident in it, they're also not going to be confident in it. Have you found so, too that when you're launching a creative thing, uh, a creative endeavor in particular, where it's something that you picture in your mind that, n- that the other person necessarily can't um, picture or understand at that sort of nascent level, do you also tell your clients like, de- like develop that a little more and come to whether it be a potential business partner or uh, someone you're in a relationship with, with that sort of fleshed out idea more? Because it is difficult sometimes as well to communicate what you envision as the end product mm-hmm. of all this work, right? So do you suggest that they really hash it out before they put it out there? I think it was as long as they are 100% confident in the idea, even when it's not fully developed, I think it's okay to still have that conversation as long as their confidence is not unshakable, you know, mm-hmm. like as long as mm-hmm. they they can really stand their ground. Cause there's been things that, you know, like ideas I've had that are like crazy ideas. And I've still gone to my husband and been like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. What are your thoughts? Like, I don't have all of the details yet. I don't have everything mapped out, but I'm just curious what you think about this. And if you have feedback for me and it still goes well, I think it's, it's just as long as you and stand firm in what it is you believe and what it is that you're going to do. Like the other person will also be confident in you. Like you feel that energy in the room. Absolutely. And I, I think the challenge that a lot of people find in this space, um, you put in the hard work, you have an idea of what you want to eventually get out there, but the challenge ends up being finding that confidence to the, for the middle part, right. To do all the work. Mm -hmm. So, um, what do you tell a client who has an idea, a business idea and has it, um, you know, mostly mapped out, but is lacking that confidence to bring it to fruition? Yeah. So the only way to build your confidence, and this is an easy way to remember it is through consistency. So you have to do something over and over and over again. You have to fall, you have to get back up, take 10 steps back, five steps forward. That is the only way to build your confidence. And 
knowing that, yes, you're going to fall. Yes, you're going to fail. But through that, through the failure, through the falling, you will always be redirected onto the path where you're supposed to be. Like, I just believe that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. And, you know, the way that you get there is going to be very different than the way that you hope that you get there. And mm-hmm. just knowing that whatever that path is, is the path that you're supposed to be on. It is really frustrating as a business owner. I've sort of experienced this myself to see the end product of what people are putting out there and try, and then you're the person, you know, on step three of 10 and seeing mm-hmm. that and feeling like, oh my goodness, but will I, how will I ever fill in the blank? You know, it's, it can be, it can be difficult to do that And people worry if I'm going to try to put out a product that already exists or do a service that so many people are already offering, how do I differentiate myself? In your opinion, is there ever too much of a certain product business thing? Or do you believe in the abundance theory where, you know, we all should be doing whatever it is that we want in their space for everyone? Yeah, I really believe in abundance. And I think that everything is different, whether it's, um, you know, I'm just looking around the baby's room right now. It's a specific type of lotion or baby product, um, or is a specific type of service that you have. Like everyone has their own unique twist, own unique story. I mean, there are products and things that I buy, not necessarily because of the scent of it or the way the packaging is, but maybe it's the story behind it, Mm -hmm. you know, of like the person who started the company. And I think, especially as women these days, like we are we want to support other women and we go out of our way to buy things and, um, get services that are only done by women. Um, so I, I just think that there's more than enough room for everyone because everyone has a different story. Like there are, I mean, thousands and thousands upon thousands of different therapists who do the same type of work as me. There's thousands of confidence and mindset coaches. There are so many books that are going to be similar to mine on self-help and entrepreneurship, but mine's a little bit different because my story's different. My voice is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really do believe in abundance and I don't think that, um, anything is oversaturated. Um, and they're always, I mean, think of like the, our next generation and like, there are always going to be more customers, more clients. And the more people there are, the more money there is, the more abundance that will flow. I love that idea. Yeah. And I, I try to hold that lesson close because in the space of writing or, you know, even in the podcasting world, it can definitely feel like you wake out of, you know, you wake up and walk out of bed, like to do your job that day and you're like, well, why am I even trying? There's already, but I, I do, I'm a big believer in what you said, which is uh, the uniqueness of what your story brings to the table. So I love to hear that. And I think we all need to be reminded of that because it can feel like we're treading water sometimes as entrepreneurs or, um, as people seeking out that second chapter that it, it is corny to say, but it truly is the journey that ends up differentiating you from the person next to you. Totally. Um, yeah. I have, and I, I think, have... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you finish? Then I'll, I'll follow up. I was just going to say like when I, and I think about the podcasting world, like there are so many people that start podcasts, but there aren't a lot of people that 
continue and that nurture the podcast and keep them going. So if you want to really stand out, just keep pursuing your dream, whatever that is. And in time, it will work. I love that. Yeah, that's true. I've heard so many people who are, you know, considered very successful in this industry say, you know, the only difference between me and the other people that didn't make it is the fact that we just kept going through all the mistakes, yeah. through all the uncomfortable moments. So um, I agree. I love that. I want to know if there's anything, any advice, any um, big moment, any sort of offer of, of compassion that someone gave you along the way that kept you going in a difficult time. Hmm. It could be a book. It could be something you read or came across. Um, you know, frequently we are just mindlessly scrolling through social media and see a quote or something that resonates, but anything that, um, encouraged you to stay on your path. I think actually hearing that, and I don't know where the quote came from or where I even heard it from, but just really believing that the only difference between like where I am and where I want to be is just time and perseverance and giving it more time because, you know, a lot of women who start businesses, um, let's say it's a service-based business. They come up with a service, they launch it, they talk about it nonstop, they promote it and they feel really defeated because, you know, in one month, two months, six months, they don't have the amount of clients that they're looking for. Um, and what happens is many women start to pivot because they feel like maybe there's something wrong with my message. Maybe there's something wrong with what I'm doing. And it's not that again, it's just that it hasn't been out there for enough time. So I think that's what really kept me going was reminding myself. And again, I don't know where I heard it. I can't remember if it was a book or a podcast or just someone telling me like, just give it time. Mm -hmm. It will mm -hmm. all work out as long as you keep persevering, you keep pushing forward and, um, you don't pivot and, you know, move all over the place. Cause that's when, when you pivot, then you need to start over again. It's like, mm -hmm. you're continually starting over. So like my message, like what I talk about today is these are the exact same things that I've been talking about the last four or five years in my business, mm -hmm. the same things I've been coaching on. And at times, like you're going to feel like a broken record. And I feel that way at times. Like I come on a podcast and I'm like, oh, I've said all this stuff before. Um, but people need to hear it. And with time, your story's going to change. Your life is going to change. Everything's going to change. And that just makes the story a little bit stronger. It, you know, it will reach different people. So just don't pivot your work. Just keep focusing. And with time, it will work out. I love that. Tell us, uh, let's talk about the book. I'm really excited to skip my hands on this. This is February of next year. So just a couple of months away. Um, thinking like a boss, like what are we going to get when we crack this, this puppy open? Yeah. So what I did was I took the top 12 limiting beliefs that the women I've worked with, I like, I went through all of the lies that these women have told themselves. And I came up with the top 12, the ones that I felt were just persistent. I would hear over and over and over again. And these are also 12 of the lies that I've worked through myself and I'm continuing to work through. Um, I think that we often feel that once we work through one of these limiting beliefs, so for example, like I don't have enough time to be successful. 
I don't have the qualifications to be successful. Um, I can't be a good mom and run a business. I think that we think that once we work through these lies, they're never going to come back. But the reality is that they will come back if you are continuing to grow. If you decide to work through it and stay in the same place that you are the rest of your life, like you probably won't struggle with it again. But I bet every single woman who's listening to this today is ambitious because you're listening to this podcast. You're looking for some type of self-help or self-help or personal development. So most likely once you work through it, it's going to come up again because that means you're growing. You're getting to a different level in your life or in your business or your relationships. So just learning, um, you know, how to work through these lies. And I use, um, my background as a psychotherapist and also as a coach to provide, you know, tangible tips and exercises in each chapter to work through them with you. I use personal story. Um, but I think it's about, you know, let's just say my whole mindset around time, or maybe it's my mindset around not feeling ready enough. Today, there are times when that still comes up, but I can snap out of it and I can work through it so much faster because I've worked through it so many times in the past. Um, so yeah, that's what you're going to get when you open up the book. I love it so much. And tell us about your podcast too. I know that you are, you feature a different, um, entrepreneur or, or woman who is on a second chapter of her life in each episode. How do you go about finding your guests and what do people get when they tune in? Yeah. So the podcast actually came about really because I had this longing of wanting to connect with my entrepreneurial friends even more. I felt like I had a really good relationship with a lot of my girlfriends in this space, but I really, I, you know, I was thinking, I'm like, I know these people, but I don't really know like their full story. So it was really more of like a thing for fun when I said to them, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to start this podcast. Like, would any of you guys want to be on it? Can I just in, uh, interview you and ask you for your full story? I want to hear like, where were you struggling in the past? Like, how did you get to where you are today? I want to know the whole thing. So it was really a personal thing of wanting to get to know my friends better and hit record and, um, just record those conversations. So the first, I would say the first two, three seasons were really just fully friends, um, that I had on. And in the recent season, um, I've had some other guests on some people who I haven't connected with in the, I haven't connected with before. Um, maybe we follow each other on social media, but I've been having some, um, other women on that aren't, just people that I've worked with or collaborated with. So it's been really fun. And I just interview them and ask them what their top lie or limiting belief was that they've struggled with and how they've been able to work past that to get to where they are today. And most of these women are women who have overcome some sort of challenge, or like I said, um, took a pivot in a different direction. So I love listening. And like, there's a real diverse um, sort of set of stories that you have there mm. because it, it really does hearing other people talk through how they overcame their challenges or how they got from what was an uncomfortable or undesirable working situation to something better. I just think it's so inspiring. And I think you can never tell too many stories. And 
I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I did. I took something away from the episodes that I was listening to before I, before we dialed in, I was like, this is great. I mean, it really cuts a nice sort of, um, cross section of different stories out there. So Kate, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. I want to give everybody a chance to find you on social media too. So tell us where we can follow you on all of your channels and remind us again of the specific date of the book, uh, the book launch. Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. I love doing Instagram stories and, um, showing the behind the scenes of everything. Um, you can also find me on my website, katecrocco.com. And my Instagram is just my name, Kate Crocco. Um, I have a Facebook community, um, where you guys can find me. It's called the confident ladies club. Um, yeah. And the book comes out February 18th thinking like a boss. And that is also the name of my podcast. I love it. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for doing this. And I appreciate you you. downloading the app and doing it the, uh, the, uh, complicated way to get this done. We're really hacking away at it over here with this show. (laughs) Trying to get get the shows on no matter what. So thank you so much for doing all of that. Thank you. This was so wonderful. I appreciate you trusting me with your audience. Thanks, Kate. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. I loved talking with Kate. Check out her website, katecrocco.com. Check out her book coming out early next year. I feel like this is something we all need in our lives, whether you're in the middle of a career that's maybe not going in the direction you want, or maybe you just need more inspiration to keep going in the direction you are headed in. Um, Her positivity and these very practical tips that she outlines in her coaching on her website and in her book, I promise will help you get there. So a big, big thank you to Kate for talking with me and for sharing some of those tips and a big thanks to you for tuning in. I so love bringing you guys practical and useful information every week on this podcast. And truly, I am so grateful that you're here. If you're a new listener, um, if you're someone who's been here since we started about a year ago, thank you. Love you. So grateful for it. And if you get a second, if you could leave a rating and review and subscribe, that would mean the world to me. I'm also known to uh, drop into those ratings and reviews, track people down and send them free beauty products. (laughs) So uh, maybe you'll be the next one. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to 30 something. Follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abata. I am always leaving tips and snippets from my interviews there. And I will see you next week with more goodness here on 30 something.